in 86. And M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Get your body noises out. It's going to be tough. My body's going through some shit today. I woke up with just a really, really bad sore throat mm-hmm. and kind of stuffed up in my head. Um, all right, let me look through my notes. Let me look through my notes here. Um, Tanner, this is a, we- a very weird book that we read today. It was strange and bad. It was weird. <laughs> Did you – can I ask you a question? I mean, bad is the wrong word. I like it. I like all of these books. I've never not liked a book, but this one – Sometimes they're a little like, Was it what am I reading? Off the fucking wall. And I'll tell you additionally that – I looked everywhere, and I couldn't find a thanks to name for help in preparing this manuscript. You think this one's all in, and and telltale sign. All in, all the way down. So clearly, this was a book where Anne Anne like came down from on high, and like she was in the scholastic <laughs> offices, and they're like, "Anne's here, Anne's here." She's like a little creaky. Yeah. She's like stretching her back, and she's like, "I think I still got it in me." And they're all like, the, oh, the, "Okay, like, Anne." Yeah. <laughs> All the graduate students who are like fiercely typing away at that, like at the the latest Babysitters Club book, just like look around. They're like, "Oh my god, I think that's her." <laughs> and she's like, "Ah, uh, I got this one." She turns in a manuscript, and she's just like, "There you go." Like, oh, oh! I had an idea. I woke up in the middle of the night. Okay, okay Ian, <laughs> we'll run this. Yeah, it's about eggs. <laughs> they're like someone get Hodges on the phone. <laughs> get Hodges on the phone. Yeah. Hodges, can you draw an egg? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it was a weird one. Hi hi and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club. A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, <laughs> and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic Sitter's Cycle by American novelist and American princess. Annabelle Matthews Martin. Flying solo this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, flying solo this week. <laughs> um, she laid an egg. <laughs> Is this, this something that you never did as a kid? No. <laughs> really? We didn't no. take care of eggs because I grew up in the late 90s, mm-hmm. unlike the girls here. So the girls this week, Baby Nation, we'll get to the recaps, but just to give you a little context... The girls are in like a modern living class and need to take care of eggs as though they are babies for mm-hmm. a week. And this is definitely something I did in junior high. Oh, when this I is was fourteen. It's this is a real thing. Yeah, except okay. I w- when I was fourteen, it was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. So we had dolls with sensors inside of them. Oh, very cool. And if you like, you would have to like feed it and put it to sleep and. Like, not jostle it too much, not leave it alone for too long, or the sensors would trigger, and you'd get a bad grade. Wow. Yeah. How'd you do? Here's what I did. Okay. You're going to hate it. Okay. Baby Nation, I've grown up a lot (laughs) since I was 14, but I took my baby, put it in my locker, promptly forgot about it entirely until about the day before I had to turn it back in. (laughs) (laughs) And went and found it, and it had been, like, it had died. (laughs) It had starved to death. <laughs> is that was that the cause of death? Was starvation? I don't know. I, I imagine it would be dehydration, right? Probably. Yeah. It, well, these babies also cried. Oh, like God. if you if you didn't tend to them. Oh, that's so. Really sad. Like people must have been walking by my locker for a week, just hearing a baby shrieking. 
<laughs> God, that's horrifying. Yeah, it was bad. Did you salvage your grade by writing a 32-page <laughs> single-spaced essay on remember. the experience? No, I don't think so. That is longer than my dissertation. Marianne and Logan's essay is 32 pages. Right. But they each wrote half, so it's only 16 pages each. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you want to ask me about my dissertation? Oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> Let me guess. Okay. T.S. Eliot? Nope. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Heidegger? Nope. Washington Redskins. <laughs> uh, my dissertation was a sample translation and scholarly history of Caraton's Calaroa, the first Greek novel. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> it's actually only about 32 pages. I could maybe read it to you if you... Oh, maybe we'll do that as like a bonus episode someday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When Good. the uh, when the sun goes supernova and swallows <laughs> up the earth, it'll kind of okay. be for the most loyal baby bees. <laughs> it's good as hell, man. Mm. Do you want to describe this? Can novel? I tell you something? Okay. I didn't do a dissertation because I went to art school. Uh, what I did do was a final film in film school. Oh, cool. Do you want to know what it was about? Nope. You don't? No, no, no thanks. It's, That's what it's like. That's it's, what it's like. It's pertinent. Okay, fine. It was about a bee. Wait, really? Yeah. It was a hand-drawn cell animation about a bee falling in love with a flower. Wow. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. That's and like they, a sensitive they... side of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> the bee in the flower. Is it that because you don't fully understand how science works? Yeah. <laughs> I still, like... You're like, how does pollen happen? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. It's yeah. a, can you put that out there? I can probably try to uh, Baby Nation, dig it up somewhere. Uh, if you're lucky, uh, we will put in a clip of Tanner's uh, bee pornography mm-hmm. and a few tasteful sections from my English translation. Oh, I don't know. That's of a lot. Caratons Calaroa. Yeah. The first ancient Greek novel. That's probably a lot to get through. Yeah, well, you know, these people have lives, Jack. <laughs> Um, the bee, the bee. Can we talk about this? I sent you a text. You sent me a text, a very excited text yesterday. Uh, baby bee. So we got a tweet from uh, Jen Ray Morell, who was with her friend uh, at Good in the Stacks, who won't give his name. I think on that's Twitter. probably a library joke. Do you want me to click through and find out? No. Okay. Yeah. So they're um, at the airport together, and he's reading. He's decided to. Take the plunge. Take the plunge. He's on book one, chapter one, and she took a picture of it uh, and then tweeted us a very excited moment later because right there on the first page. The first page, Baby Nation. The first page of the first book book of the Sitter's Cycle. Is a a very prominent mention of bees. You want to just read that little moment? We've got a screenshot of the iBooks version of the book here, Baby Nation, that Jack sent me. He circled the relevant part. (laughs) Um, I got very excited. My hair stuck damply to the back of my neck, and I wished I had a rubber band so I could pull it up into a long ponytail. Bees flew into our classroom and droned around our heads, and Mr. Redmont, our teacher, let us stop working to make fans out of construction paper. And then the rest of this series is about those bees. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 
and it's all in the text. A, this is a bookend. Yeah, the first paragraph and a half of the first book is like the bookend, like uh, Bilbo sitting down to write The Hobbit. Yeah, and now we're just on this amazing journey together. Yeah, and the last book is the fire at Mary Ann's house. We start with bees, we end with burn. Whew. That's the way it goes. Whew. God, to have plotted all of that out from the very beginning, and it's you still got it. You know, what a beautiful mind. Yeah. You know, every now and then you you come in and you give us a, a weird one like today, but <laughs> you know it's nice to know you still got got something going on in the uh, the old dome piece. Yeah. Shall we describe this book for the Baby Nation, Tanner? I suppose. Great. I suppose we should. How about I describe it and then you describe it? Can I okay. wait? Should I talk? Can I want to ask Baby Nation about this? Okay, fine. Good point. I have a cold. That's how, oh sorry. I thought you said you wanted to ask Baby Nation something. Not I want to whine to Baby Nation. I want to whine and I want to ask Baby Nation something. Okay. I have a cold and it sucks because it's really hard recording with you when I have a cold and I hate doing it. Okay. Okay. I am wondering if there are any germ scientists in the Baby Nation because when I came in and told you I had a cold, you said this is not possible. Yes. I had a cold two weeks ago and then got better and then my wife got a cold and I'm convinced that this is my cold from two weeks ago, having passed through the veil of flame that is my wife's body, mm-hmm. and coming out the other side mutated and stronger, and has jumped back to me to tr- have a second go at me, I'm... to try to drag me down into the dirt. And I think it's the same cold, but you say that's impossible. So I want any germ scientist in Baby Nation to prove me right. I am not a germ scientist, right? but... I believe that if that were possible, we would all always have all of our colds. Well, here's the thing is I think that's exactly how it works. <laughs> and that's why someone you know usually has a cold. Well, I don't know if any germ scientists listen to the show. We've got a lot of monkey scientists. Yeah, they're crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah. Maybe the monkey scientists know something about germs. Possibly, but they, they couldn't. it didn't seem like they were able to tell us with any real certainty whether sloths are monkeys or not. Well, th- I think we got to the bottom of it. Okay. Looks what like was... a monkey. Yeah. Sounds smells like, like a, a monkey. monkey. Smells like a monkey. Yeah. Probably a monkey. Okay. Good. Sloths are monkeys. Sloths are monkeys. Right. Okay, well, good. So that's all. It's a call to action for mm-hmm. the germ scientists out there. Yeah. But it's also to kind of warn you about if I'm particularly whiny yep. today. Yeah. That's why. Well, it seems like the normal level of whiny. My throat hurts. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to describe this book, and then you're going to describe this book. That's how we do it. Throat hurts. <laughs> I'm going to begin. You ready, sir? Mm-hmm. A newborn child goes missing at a local playground right under her parents' noses. A one-month-old disappears in a crowded movie theater. And another nameless infant is the victim of a terrible accident in his kitchen. All in the space of a few days. Marianne Spear and her husband Logan are desperate to keep their new baby safe amidst these strange happenings in their town. But as they keep an increasingly frantic and careful watch over little Samantha... They can't help but feel as if disaster is right around the corner. As if, no matter how closely they guard their bundle of joy, their brand new family is walking on eggshells. Marianne, plus two many babies. The book. Here's the problem. Okay. Is you gave your synopsis Mm -hmm. as though everyone had real babies. (laughs) But Baby Nation knows that it's not possible in one week for all of these 13-year-old girls 
to marry and have babies. Mm-hmm. So you you've just you've put people on their back foot. Yeah. Now they're just like, what does he mean? Why is why does everyone have babies? Who is Samantha? Why could you just come out and say they're all eggs? <laughs> I did obliquely. That was the eggshells pun at the end. I spent a long time trying to find the right egg idiom. Yeah. To kind of land that. Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, I thought about a great hum- fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want. I originally had a thing that was like. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And when Logan and Marianne's marriage and lives start falling apart. Oh, all the king's horses. It would take all the king's horses and all the king's men mm-hmm. to put them back together again. Marianne. Plus two. Too many babies. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right, well, so now you're on board. No, I I thought maybe it would just confuse Baby Nation. Yeah. Because you weren't, you weren't upfront about it, well, but I do but, appreciate the puns. But, and also, what I'm picking up here is part of the weirdness of this book. Okay. We'll get into this because I need you to describe this novel mm. for the Baby Nation. That's mm. kind of why we do it twice. My throat hurts. Take another run at Look, I just want you to do it. Okay. But this book is full of these like like fake rituals of marriage and having children and yeah. caring for children. Yeah, for sure. In a way that I found ultimately uncomfortably weird. Well, it's weird because like the teacher requires all of the pairs, so everyone pairs off. Yeah. And then the teacher requires them to determine whether they can live independently. Like, whether they have enough income to, like, sustain themselves. And it's like, they're all 13 years old. Right. Like, of course they don't. No, yeah. Like, Logan and Marianne start to go look in the newspaper at apartments. Yeah. And they're just like, well, apartments are $2,000 a month. Yeah. We make $800 annually. Yeah. With our babysitting. Which is the first full revelation of the total amount of money that is brought in by the babysitting business. Right. Which is $800 for one babysitter plus an associate babysitter. Right. Christie's business idea isn't starting to look as, yeah. as good as we thought it was. Let's get Goliath Hardbody back on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incorporated Inc. could still probably find a, find a foothold. Yeah, that's not even going to get you an office space. No. They must be way in the red. Oh, yeah. you think they're accruing debt? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, this is a thing, like, if you're VC-funded, right? you know, like, part of it is, like, you oh, want to oh, lose oh. money in sure, the first sure, sure. few years. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, kind of yeah. want to lose money to show that you're, like, spending money on, you know, like, growing the business. And Have we determined whether the BSC is VC-funded or not? They better be. If their total revenue for an entire year is 800 times 7? Yeah. Well, those are just test 5, too, you know. Top They're just putting head. their feelers out there. I'm a regular Stacy there. See how I did that? No. <laughs> So that's it. Their their total revenue for the year we can we can put at somewhere around fifty six hundred dollars total total revenue for the company, including associates. Uh, no, okay. excluding associates, including but like, juniors, including juniors. Oof, yeah, that's not great. That's not great. It's more than we make for this podcast. Uh, it's significantly more than we make for this podcast. We can now reveal that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should get. A business expert in here <laughs> to kind of help us out, and we can maybe pass along some of the, our learnings to yeah, Christie and, and company. Unless they're VC-funded. Unless they're VC-funded, of course. In which case, they're trying to lose money in the first few years. Trying to lose money to make money, baby nation. That's how it works. <laughs> Tanner, do you want to describe this book? Oh, God. <laughs> um, sure. Okay. Uh, I'll try. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the big bad clock and... I'm going to ask you to fill in the details of what happened in this novel 
during those 60 seconds. Are you ready? Yes. Let's begin now. Okay, Baby Nation. Um, I'll start off by saying that there's a new family in town. Can't remember the last names. Unimportant. But they have two young toddler-aged twins. One girl, one boy. The Salems. The Salems. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that later. Uh, the kids in Stony Brook Middle School have a new class called Modern Living, taught by Mrs. Boyden, who require them all to pair off into husband-wife couples and adopt an egg baby. Uh, Mary, Ann, and Logan adopt an egg baby named Sammy. Uh, they fight constantly about Sammy. Logan doesn't trust Mary Ann, thinks she's a bad mother. Uh, Mary Ann is defensive about that. All the girls have an egg baby with a husband, and it kind of goes disastrous. Um, everyone manages to hold on to their egg babies within the BSC. Uh, they all learn a valuable lesson about having kids. Um, and then the two uh, twin babies do some stuff I can't quite remember. Time. I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> it felt lackluster. Yeah, I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the point of the B plot other than like babies are hard, which was also the point of the A plot? Wait, what was the B plot? The two twins. But like the whole thing was just like, Babies are tough. There's something off about this book. There's some. I think that Anne wants us to read this book on a level that is deeper than is apparent. Okay. First of all, we have two new random sets of twins. Right. Just the, out of nowhere. The Salem babies. The Salem's and uh, who are they? The, this other family. I think they're called the Shillabers. Probably not. Shillabers. Um, oh, yeah. They're, they're classmates of... Of Christy and Marianne. So all of a sudden there's this proliferation of twins. Oh, yeah. Stony Brook, Connecticut has about a million times more twins and triplets than any other city in the country. I was going to look up how common are twins, and I forgot, but it's not that common. Marilyn and Carolyn. Yeah. The Hobarts have a twin. Do they? Set. I think so. Hmm. The triplets and the pikes. Yeah, what the hell is going on in Stony Brook? Right. These new baby twins. Do you think that bees... Are more likely to have twins and triplets? I don't know. I think dogs are. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> let's not go down. Let's let's put a pin in that. Okay, baby nation. <laughs> let's put. Let's a pin dig in into that. this because that's dangerous dog territory. theory. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fucking nuts. Yeah, they're it's running weird. around with these eggs. They're like they're like getting getting fake married to each other. Also, like, I get that. Stony Brook is a fictional place, and it's this beautiful utopia where everyone is good and great. Right. But every babysitter in this book treats their eggs like a real baby, because that's the assignment. Mm -hmm. Carry it with you wherever you go, feed it three times a day, put it down to sleep at at night, don't leave it alone. But it's like, it's an egg. Right. Put it in your locker, keep it there in a cool, dry place for one week, take it out and hand it back in and say, oh, learn so much. Learned so much. I learned so much this week, Mrs. Boyden. Wow! Can't wait to have kids. <laughs> you, see, you know who you sound like, Shauna fucking Riverson. Well, Shauna fucking Riverson. Shauna I was going to say she probably got an A, but she didn't because she got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I have one note under Shauna Riverson that is just: What does Shauna Riverson think marriage means? Yeah. They ask. So Shauna, Shauna Riverson gets ends up getting divorced from her. The classroom husband, right? Because like they can't work it out. Let's. But at the beginning, at the beginning of the egg handing out, uh, Mrs. Boyden asks the class, "All right, guys, what do you think? 
Like, what what does marriage mean to you? And here's what Shauna Riverson says. I think getting married really means that you have, like, a plastic bride and groom on your wedding cake, not those little bride and groom mice or something. Or maybe you could have, like, a giant plastic wedding bell and some bluebirds or something. She's pretty focused on the cake. (laughs) That's what marriage is to her, is, like... She's detail-oriented. She needs to figure out the cake before she can figure out anything else. But for this thought to work, you're getting cakes all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Every day is a new cake. Like, you have one with bluebirds, you have one with mice. Right. But then if you get married... Right. Then you get one with a bride and groom. Right. And that's the every difference. Day. You know what you're talking about right now? Yeah. Cake every day? Yeah. A cake-based life? Let them eat cake. Sounds cake. like you're kind of dipping into bread theory a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> not the only mention of bread theory in this no, book. It's not. Jack? Nope. You caught some bread theory too? I certainly did, my friend. Dawn, how come the hedge clippers are in the bread drawer? I asked. Yeah. It's a good fucking question. This is also tied into Sharon Porter Spear and Mr. Spear, their weird kitchen food erotica sex play. Yeah, I have a section in my notes that's called Bread Theory slash Refrigerator Play. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I wonder if we'll be able to get to that. I don't know, but it's it's an exciting new chapter of Bread Theory. Yeah. Is it somehow tied to the the, uh, Spear's weird refrigerator play <laughs> yeah how do you what are you even doing that the hedge clippers end Ooh, up in the sounds bread dangerous. oh it's so dangerous D- baby nation look you live the life that you want to live and you we're not here to to kink shame you we're not and if you want to do something in the bedroom that's a little out of the ordinary go to it right this is this is not for us to dictate no but if you're using hedge clippers do be careful right do be very careful and if you're if you're meddling yeah. with powers and forces you don't understand yeah a la bread theory mm-hmm. also just be super super careful yeah you don't know what you're messing with yeah it's all bread all the way down it's all bread all the way down that's the first mention of hedge clippers in the bread drawer which sharon and mr spear that they're the, nocturnal activities ended up with the bre- the hedge clippers in the bread drawer. Honeymoon's not over. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. And the second thing that Marianne says is, I'm just not used to finding hedge clippers in the bread drawer or my sweater in the freezer or the TV remote control on a shelf in the bathroom. They just got wild. Yeah, it's gross a little bit. It's I mean, a- not to kink shame. I'm not kink shaming, but when you start to like... When it's it starts hygienic. to when it starts to kind of go past the boundaries of the the experience, right? It's like ooh, just kind of rein it in a little bit. Yeah, rein it in. Um, but when Anne mentions bread, Tanner, do you want to kind of give us a little tour around bread theory? What we know so far, what you're able, what you're at liberty to, to disclose? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Anne gave us a character named non-white. Uh, probably about 10 books back. Yeah. Uh, she's a friend of the girls. She's two kinds of bread. <laughs> she's non-bread, mm-hmm. and she's white bread. And it kind of keyed us off to this whole deep well of information. Some call it conspiracy. I wouldn't. It's pretty well established at this point. But uh, there's a lot of bread mm-hmm. in these books. It's unclear. Would you say that it just it goes some of the way down? No, oh no. No, no, no. Bread, baby nation. Yeah. I can't stress this enough. It's bread all the way down. (laughs) Wow. All the way down. Yeah. 
and and it's it's so vast and so connected in this universe that it's impossible to tell like where it's going to crop up what it what it all means it's it's really just beyond our scope right now but i think knowing that it is part of or that the refrigerator sex play is part of it mm-hmm. i think that's going to really help yeah. clue, us, clue us into some stuff i think so too so i mean i'm just really excited <laughs> obviously you know any week where bread bread theory kind of reveals itself to us a little more yeah gives us a little one more little morsel to, to sup upon. Hedge clippers in the bread. Shivering over here. Yikes. Hedge clippers in the bread. Okay, well, that's troubling. Do you want to talk about Poe? Edgar Allen? Yeah. I guess. Should we? I guess it's kind of good, good, great American novel of the week. Uh, Marianne, apropos of nothing in this book, is reading. The Telltale Heart. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember it from the text. As we know, when Anne mentions an external text, uh-huh. she wants us to follow that bread trail, if you will. Yeah, breadcrumb trail. Breadcrumb trail. throw whole pieces of bread <laughs> to mark their best. Just loaves. <laughs> um, you have read The Telltale Heart, as has every American... School child. School child. Yep. Uh, to refresh your memory... It is a story told by an unreliable narrator about a weird and unaccounted for and motiveless murder that he or she commits. Right. And a big part of the story is that he or she is desperately trying to convince us, the reader, that he or she is not insane. Right. Kind of felt like what this book was like. You think so? You think Marianne was trying to convince us that she was not insane? Marianne is over like the course of the book. Yeah, Marianne was like, "Okay, so there are all these eggs. <laughs> Everybody's got an egg, and <laughs> like I got obsessed with my egg so much, I I took care of it, and it was fine. It was fine. The egg was fine. The egg it didn't get cracked. I think like reading Poe, mm-hmm. taking care of a baby analog a baby simulacra mm-hmm. is a fairly common experience to to american school kids i see i guess i just didn't go to school i think country. a lot of kids took care of bags of flour because it's a little more baby shaped and like if you get a puncture wound <laughs> it'll start bleeding flour and then like obviously you haven't done a good job like oh your baby has a is is an active bleeder like fail <laughs> and then of course a little later they became more sophisticated and now they're like so and they and they and across Baby Nation, I uh, did not go to elementary school in this country. No, and when he did come here, he went to boys' school. Right? Yeah. So this is not an experience that I had. <laughs> so did they have mock marriages? Can you imagine that, Jack? I know you're talking about Poe, but let's 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 walk through this for a second. Yeah. Marianne says so. They have mock mock marriages. They pair off all the girls and boys in class, which is already pretty problematic. But then Marianne is concerned that Mrs. Boyden would make everyone get up in front of the class and kiss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, Marianne, yeah. like, think about that for a second. No, but Think about how weird it would be for an adult woman to be like, okay, everyone, <laughs> everyone pair off. 
regardless of uh, of your you know sexual orientation. Yeah, either choose someone, or and she says this, or or like if you don't end up choosing someone, I'll choose a partner for you. Yeah, and I'll make you kiss them. And Marianne's like, ah, oh, fuck, we're all gonna have to like kiss in front of the class. <laughs> we all have to get up and get married and kiss. No, but this is and this was pla- our school period that day. This plays into exactly what I'm talking to, and fits with the telltale heart, unreliable, insane narrator thing. <laughs> Like, it's essentially what Marianne is saying is like, we went to class for children get married to each other day. Uh, they handed out eggs, and it looked like we're all going to have to kiss in front of the class. Yeah. She says it twice. Fortunately, uh, we dodged that bullet, but right. I did get married, and I named my egg Samantha. Right. Like, that's fucking insane. <laughs> No, I said I said this is an experience most American school kids have, but I don't think it's quite like that. Like I don't remember ever being paired off with someone and being forced to mock marry them and being concerned about whether or not I would have to kiss them in front of my whole class. Uh but I I was assigned a baby at some point. Yeah. Who okay. I neglected. Oh god. Unto death. <laughs> Does that give you – I this is a, a lead-in into um, a segment that we sometimes do where we ask each other whether either of us had a – Terrible moment! No. Not really either for me except – Great. Except there is one moment where – uh, two people in the class who are like kids that we've never heard of before right tell this story of how they went to the playground with their egg right and he was in a cookie tin their egg and just like they turned around for one second and then the egg was gone right and the girl is just like obviously in tears the like Marianne describes them, they're holding hands, they're, like, consoling one another yes. in class. This is, like, two 13-year-olds who are, like, not even friends. They were just, like, paired off and, like, mock married to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and they, But they've come to love one another through this trial, apparently, because they're, like, consoling one another, holding hands. The girl is weeping. Yeah. And Mrs. Boyden is, like, asking them what is wrong. And she's just like, oh, we went to the park and our egg was in a tin cookie tin we went back to check later no no egg the egg is gone and she's just like bawling yeah this is boyden like are you upset because you're gonna get a bad grade or upset because your baby's gone <laughs> and the girl's like because the babyy's gone it's i don't okay. care about my grade yeah it's, it's an egg y'all yeah. it also worried me because someone is stealing egg babies yeah in stony brook right someone is going around kidnapping babies who happen to be eggs. Right. It happened twice in this book. It happened to these kids. Right. They never got their baby back, presumably failed the class. But it also happens to Marianne and Logan at one point. Yeah. In the movie theater. Yeah, they're just sitting in the movie theater and then their egg is fucking gone. Right. They find it. Yeah. I think maybe they caught the, the napper in the act. Yeah. But it's a pretty scary. Right. Someone is going around stealing egg babies. Yeah. I can only presume it's the same person who I hate to put all the blame on this one boogeyman who right. is conducting phantom phone calls. Oh uh, right. And and the stalking that goes along with that. Right. There's the kidnapping of Tigger. Right, right, right. Uh, there is Oh, the Phantom of the Dance Academy. Oh yeah, the Phantom of the Dance Academy who literally tries to kill Jesse. Right. And now there's an egg baby kidnapper. 
right on the loose in Stony Brook. Yeah, and I don't like. I hate to speculate. We've we've assigned many identities to this this boogeyman over the years. Mm-hmm. It could be more of a destiny trying to save the girls. Yeah, who's been strangely silent. Right. This week only in the only reference to Morbid Destiny this week was a non-reference. There's just a new family in town called the Salems. Nice oh, try, Anne. huh, no witches, but right. there's a family called the Salems. Right. Okay. And So I don't know, maybe maybe the eggs are evil. I don't know. I, here's what I think. Could be Koki. I mean, Koki Mason. Boss. Koki Mason does a lot of shit, but the the real puppeteer who is pulling all the strings is Anne. And Anne, as we know from previous discussions, especially recently, has this immense guilt about having trapped these girls in amber and not allowed them to age and have experiences and grow up and get married and have children. Right. What happens in this book? Like literally, the last book that we read. The new year turned over right. into the, the same, same year. new year again. Right. Anna's feeling bad about this. And she's like, ha you can be happy inside just living as a 13-year-old forever. Look, ha this is what it's like to be married. Right. It's and awful. This is what it's like to have kids. Like, you can have that experience just like anyone else. And it's like, Anne, that's that is like a terrible parody of what that experience is like right like you're take, looking after an egg but then there's some dark force out there who's resisting Anne, who's like kidnapping the eggs right and murdering them right just like in the telltale heart Ooh, yeah right here and here's my final so point. we need to look for someone who's being driven mad in this text and that is probably right. the egg napper yes let me let me put one more little grace note on this okay marianne and dawn spend a lot of time during this book looking at a catalog of things to buy for babies. Right. They become baby crazy. They want their parents to have another baby. The name of the catalog is the Cumbell Catalog. Okay. K-U-M-B-E-L. Cumbell. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. It Not is, a thing, right? It's the first hit on Google is Stony Brook Wikipedia. Wikipedia, right. The second hit on Google, Cumbell is a Old Norse word for tombstone <laughs> murder most foul and is just she's she's <laughs> desperately telegraphing it to these girls like yeah this is what you get this is what happens you want kids you want to grow up you want to be an adult yeah fine you lose your innocence you might as well be dead it's you're, you're writing your own fucking tombstone right can we talk about another victim of amber theory real quick please Someone who I sympathize with quite a bit this week because I am feeling ill and have a cold is Logan's brother, Hunter. Yeah, he's got one thing that he does. And he's got thing. one thing. Yeah. He's it's been fifty books. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. Baby too. Nation. <laughs> yeah, and Hunter has appeared a handful of times, and every time he appears, yeah, he has a cold or <laughs> something, allergies, something. He can't speak correctly. Yeah, he always like has a stuffed nose. Put it into. Put it into two bowls, Bobby, said Hunter, stuffily to his mother. If you don't, the Gary hogs it, and she eats faster than me. Hunter, like, just has to perpetually suffer from some ailment that, like, keeps his nose clogged all the time. God, it's awful. Because of Anne. Yeah, Anne? He's just going to be like this for his whole life. When Anne decided to, to snap her fingers and turn on whatever magic keeps these kids where they're at. Yeah, 
Hunter, Hunter happened just happened to, be... to have like a really bad cold. Oh, that's so brutal. We're worried about the girls, obviously, with Amber Theory, but we yeah. sometimes forget to take a step back and, and look at the true victims. Those are the people who suffer the most. Right. And yeah. that's like, I could see something like that driving you mad. Yeah. Driving you to madness. You know, if I had a, a stuffed up head every single day, which is right. somewhat true of me recently. Yeah. Oh. And then there's this telltale heart, this drumbeat that only you can hear. Right, it's my That's, pulse in my ears because, like, my whole head is just. I didn't mean you. Up. I was talking metaphorically about the book. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. like, I just like I'm all clogged up, and I can just like in my left ear, just like. Yep. Okay. Do you also feel an accompanying shame and guilt along with that? Always. <laughs> well, this story and book must be resonant for you as well. Yeah. Um, Jack, while we're down here in kind of the muck and the mire. Mm-hmm. And talking about Amber Theory and these girls not growing up, I want to approach something, unpack it a little bit. I don't know if there's any significance here. We might have to like work through this together, okay, to see if we can find any meaning in it. But Marianne is baby obsessed, yeah, for most of this book. Yeah, she really wants Sharon and Richard to have a new baby, mm-hmm. so that she and Don can take care of it. Yep, that's correct. Um. She starts to obsess about it. She starts to to fantasize about this new baby sister she would have and what the names could be. They get the Cumbells catalog, and they get the Cumbells, and they start leafing through it. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she is distracted, and she is writing in the margins of her homework, and she lists seven names. Seven. 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 Seven names. Wow. Seven I'm... potential baby names. I'm glad you counted. Baby Nation, we know that seven is a very significant number for Anne. And I just want to walk you through these seven names. Okay. See if we can pull anything out. Great. Her favorite is Tara. Okay. Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Margaret. Adele. Franny. Charity. And B. <laughs> anything in there that kind of stood out to you? I don't know, man. A few things. <laughs> There's a few things in there that I don't love. B? B is, B is a significant <laughs> one. How did I miss this? Marianne wants to name the new child B. B-E-A. In the B version of this book, the way that's written is just like drone worker number 157, expecting <laughs> new worker name. God, I think, I think it is our duty. <laughs> yeah. To go back and reimagine all of these books <laughs> as though they were written by sentient bees. Yeah. Like, I think Anne couldn't be that obvious about it. Well, and also, it's a very difficult thing to do if you're Anne. Like, you... Are you saying Anne's not up to the task, Jack? No, no, I think Anne can do it. I just think that the task that she's created for herself is incredibly difficult. She's envisioned this world of bees that is written by and for bees. Right. But... I think it's a difficult test for the classic lawyers. Yeah. They're like, listen, a bee's never going to buy a children's book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, imagine, originally this was the Bee Bee Sitters Club. Right. And the classic lawyers were like, look, we're going to fucking lose We money. love it. We love it. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, we can't even expect to make $5,600 a year. <laughs> as far as we know, bees have zero disposable income. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta at least make it seem like it's about right. human children. And we have another, a little clue here from Anne. Yeah, B is an obvious one. I'm concerned about some of these other ones, Jack. Okay, they can mean anything. 
Lizzie might be... I mean, Lizzie and Margaret are both English queens. Okay, that's significant. Yeah. Terra means earth, mm-hmm. right? Lizzie could be lizard. It could be a dinosaur's reference. Oh, yeah, almost certainly, right? right? Yeah. Adele, obviously the songstress. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adele was zero years old when this book came <laughs> But Anne yeah. has, is prescient. We know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that is true. Franny, mm-hmm. no idea. <laughs> and uh, Charity, Charity. this is not the first time Charity has come up. No, certainly not. What's the opposite of the seven deadly sins? The cardinal virtues, right? The four cardinal virtues. Probably. Right. I was going to say the 12 steps of sobriety. But that's... <laughs> that's such a bad counter. Yeah. <laughs> like the devil is like, all right, I came up with these seven sins. They're, They're all be really fun. rad. They're awesome. It's lust. It's sloth. It's envy. It's all the stuff it's that feels rad. really good. Oh, you're going to fucking love it. And then God is like, well, I have the 12 steps of sobriety. <laughs> uh, not to make fun of the 12-step program, which is, you know, perfectly great. Sure. And acceptable, but not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, Jack. <laughs> Let's just, you know what? Let's take, uh, let's put a clapper down here. We're gonna go back six minutes. We're gonna cut every shitty thing we just said about people trying to get sober, and how it's not as fun as sinning. I think, Baby Nation, that you can do the seven deadly sins and still live a sober, healthy lifestyle. Sure. One of them is gluttony. Yeah. Doing things in excess. Yeah, I don't think you could do the seven deadly sins and be gluten free. You you act like you want to do the seven deadly sins, Jack. <laughs> they're they they're were crafted deadly. by the devil to trick you into going to hell. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're on the straight and narrow here. Right. Yeah. Lizzie, Maggie, Margaret, Margaret, Charity, Tara. The, the first one, Tara. She actually lists one, two, three, four times. All right. Look, th- we need to look this up. I mean, B. Obvious. We got it, Dan. Tara is what she's, that's what she's signaling. T-A-R-A. Wait, what do you? No, that's not the song for Jack Googles. What's Jack Googles? All around me are a million voices. Jack Googles. It's a bummer when Jack Googles. It's beautiful when Jack Googles. <laughs> okay, Tara, meaning queen, star, goddess of the sea. Okay, queen feels significant because we already have two other queen names. Yeah. With Margaret and Lizzie. Yeah, that's true. So there's a queen thing going on. Uh, I mean, what this could be, Jack, uh-huh. is Anne doing a... <gasps> Strike against the patriarchy! I knew that's where you were going. I wrote down a few. Yeah! Can I hear one of yours? Yeah, sure. I'm glad you caught one. Are all of you engaged to be married? Asked Mrs. Boyden at the beginning of the class. Four boys raised their hands. We aren't, they said, looking disgusted. And Gordon Brown, later Prime Minister of England, <laughs> added a lot of lot of yeah. British p- politics. Gordon Brown in this re- book, representative of patriarchy in action. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. 
added, there are nine girls and 13 boys in this class, Mrs. Boyden. All the girls have been taken. We have not been taken, cried Erica <laughs> Blumberg. We are not pieces of property. You cannot claim us. Sheesh, said Gordon. All right, the girls have all been used up. Erica's face practically turned purple. We are not a hot water either. We aren't some commodity. You can't use us up. And then a grace note on that. Commodity, I heard Shauna whisper. Doesn't she mean condiment? <laughs> Shauna looked really pleased with herself. Shauna represented Oh, Shauna. <laughs> You're just doing your best in this mixed-up world, huh, Shauna? Yeah. Yeah, she means condiment. The other girls in your class are, like, taking one back against the patriarchy. Yeah. And, and you're confused between commodity and condiment. God bless you. Um, now let's go back to that list of names. Okay. We got Gordon Brown. Sure. That was is, not one of the names. Is but. the dude who is a representative of this these patriarchal constraints on these women. Mm-hmm. List of names, Margaret. Margaret. Thatcher. Whoa. Yeah. Right? Lizzie. Queen Elizabeth. Okay. You're right. Yeah. It's a long list, and I'm sure if we went down the list, we would find it. It's a long list of great Tara women was queen. leaders. Tara means queen. Right. Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, are we going to do all these, or are we just going to— Margaret Thatcher. I mean, I don't think we need to. What are the other names? Adele. Adele? My queen. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> Queen? <laughs> you know, it's just stupid. The list goes on and on. Tanner, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, this week, did you have a... Harder for you to... Good. That's the question. Do Dubstep. you have um, Yeah, I got a couple. Okay, hit me. My um, the first burn that I captured comes from a section of the book that I normally skip but didn't this week because it's President's Day and I didn't have anything better to do except lay in bed and read Babysitter's Club books today. Mm-hmm. Just went ahead and read the introduction and recap chapters, which I always skip. Yeah, you always skip those fuckers. And there was a, there was a, a tight little burn in here. Mm-hmm. She usually throws a few burns in there. This is Marianne. Dad and I eat the kind of food we were brought up on. A little bit of everything. Fruits, vegetables, dairy stuff, meat, sweets. Don and her mom think it's practically a felony to eat meat. Or sugar. A really great dessert for Don is like some berries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes on an extended diatribe about how berries can't possibly be a dessert right unless they are on something else and i would normally take umbrage at that as a as a vegan gentleman yeah but it is also stated in this book that at some point dawn is preparing a snack for herself and one of the things in her snack box is a literal just square of raw tofu yeah it's like Anne didn't know, like, vegetarian and veganism was still pretty fresh yeah. in 1991, and Anne's just like, I don't know what to I, eat. Whoa. Could be literally anything. Yeah, I so I had this experience once. I stayed in a bed and breakfast with my parents, mm-hmm. and the 
owners of the bed and breakfast who were this lovely are your parents vegetarian no okay they're very disappointed in me <laughs> um the owners of this bed, bed and breakfast who were this lovely older couple just like it just threw them for a real fucking loop yeah that i was a vegetarian this is before i was a vegan and i came down in the morning and my parents had like a beautiful spread of pancakes waffles and hash browns mm-hmm. and i just had two raw slabs of tofu on a plate <laughs> that's what they prepared for you and pancakes and waffles and hash browns are all oh. vegetarian foods <laughs> did you just like dutifully eat I just, your slabs of tofu knife and fork like uncooked anyway well that's what you get Yep, that's what you get. It's almost like you're living on a budget because that is um, one of the things that Marianne and Logan are forced to confront is that meat is expensive. Yeah. Yeah, they both go vegetarian when they're trying to map out their budget. Also, what the fuck is going on in Stony Brook? $2,000 in 92 for like a one-bedroom apartment? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. I live in 2017, and I live in Brooklyn, one of the most expensive cities in the world. Yeah, and like 2,000 is is pretty expensive. That's insane. That so Marianne looks in the classifieds to figure out whether they can be financially solvent, and that's what she sees. Maybe Anne is just like born in, with a silver spoon in her mouth, and she's like, "What's a small amount of money? <laughs> Two thousand, two thousand a month? <laughs> yeah." $24,000 a year. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. That's it's what a, a poor person could afford. <laughs> and get real, get Anne. Get real, Anne. We're not all living in your fantasy world where the time is stopped and apartments all cost $2,000 a month. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, maybe that's, I guess, actually, a more charitable way of looking at that is that's more of Anne trying to scare us off of growing up. Oh, yeah. Where she's like, don't grow up, kids. You'll have to pay $2,000 a month in rent. $2,000 a month. Sorry, Anne. Yeah. Some of us figured it out. Yeah. Can't protect all of us. Yeah, and I wish she could. Um, did you did you kind of cycle back to what we were talking about about 10 minutes ago? Only kind of. Okay. I, have, I only kind of had a burn of the week. Okay. Uh, I'll just read it real fast. Um, Christy gets partnered off with Alan Cray. He, like, he really rises to the occasion. And... Christy and Alan get, like, obsessed with their egg baby. They name it Izzy. Right. There is a – it's a boy. Right. There's a long debate about the fact that Izzy is only short for girls' names, like Isabel. Mm -hmm. Though Izzy is actually also short for Isidore, which should bring to mind for you Isidore of Seville. From – um, Who wrote his – Etymologia. I know about Isidore of Seville when I was researching the history of punctuation. Right, right, right. He he wrote his etymology. Yeah, yeah, right. It was kind of like a. It was a soma. Soma, right? Um, It was 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 thought of in many ways as like the last great, last great scholarly, yeah, scholarly kind of uh, writing on. Collection of collection the world's of knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's good. Yeah, Isidore. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, check it out. Right. That's not what I'm talking about here. Oh, okay. That's what Izzy is short for. They named the child Izzy, the egg. 
Izzy. They get obsessed with it, just like all these other fucking kids in the class. Christy takes the child over to some baby's house. It was, um, it was, it was the um, Papadakis's. The Papadakis's. Christy takes the fucking egg over to the Papadakis's house. Papadakis's. We've we've said their names. Yeah, Jack, countless times. Right. This is the first time you've pronounced it, Papadakis. Papadak. Papadakis. Papadam. Christy takes the bread theory. Yeah, it's all right there. Christy takes the egg over to the Papadakis' house, mm-hmm. and she fucking loses it and freaks the fuck out. Right. She's losing her mind. She's like, what am I going to tell Alan? She's in tears. Right. She looks into the – she the moment that this happens, she looks into the shoebox, and she says, it was empty. I mean, it was empty of Izzy. Everything else was there. The flannel, the cell-stimulating pictures, which is the thing they hung what up in the – the, the music cell, box. sorry, the cell stimulating pictures. Yeah, what does that mean, Jack? That's what wh- they they fucking hang this shit up inside a shoebox for the egg to learn and grow. It's an unfertilized egg. I, Ugh, whatever you would think, they're being driven mad. Only Izzy was missing. Christy burst into tears. Where is he? Where is Izzy? Cried Christy with a gasp. Hey, funny, exclaimed Lenny Papadakis. Good joke. Get it? Where is he? Where's Izzy? Right. That's it. That's my burn of the week. Pretty good. <laughs> Chrissy is fucking losing it because her child just disappeared off the face of the fucking planet. And the, the both Papadakis girls <laughs> just use it as like an opportunity to riff on some egg puns for a little while. And then they just go nuts on egg puns. Right. <laughs> They're like, you're not a very excellent mother, Christy. Yeah. You must be exhausted from grief at the death of your child. This is an <laughs> exceptionally bad mistake yeah. you've made. <laughs> they just go on and on. It turns out that they fucking hid Izzy yeah. in the baby's crib. Right. There's a new Papadom baby. New Papadom baby? Maybe we knew about, but maybe we didn't. Mm, tough to say. Probably a twin. Probably. Yeah. Given Stony Brook's track record, definitely a twin or a triplet. Um, I'm looking through my notes. Okay. Nothing. Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, Baby Nation? Baby Nation. Thank you. Thank you. For coming with us on this journey today. Thank you for your ratings, your reviews, and your subscriptions. Keep those coming. But also... Please... Tell your friends. Oh, I didn't realize Tanner, Tanner was giving me a cue to say a bounce something. pass. Yeah, it's a bounce pass. Thank you for your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. But also, please do tell a friend, someone you love, someone you care about, that this is a show they might want to check out. Right. We got to spread the word. This baby nation is large and growing, but uh, do share the show with someone who you think will like it, so that the baby nation can grow larger and larger. Um, because that's good, right? It's good to have a big thing. Hmm. Hmm. Um, in the meantime, I have been, this week, Jack Shepard. This week, I have been Tanner Greenring. This week, we read a book that was called, and we have not talked about how weird it is that it was called this, but it was called Marianne Plus, Number Two, Many Babies. Doesn't feel significant. Okay. Next week, we're reading a book. Man, I'm excited for it. I expect that you are excited for it, sir. Yeah. Called Christy for president. Pretty excited, except I know that Pete Black wins because I read those spoilers. Fuck you! I didn't know. <laughs> you do now. But don't. Da da da. Da da da. Ba da ba da ba da. Pete Black.
<laughs> I like that we have theme song music for Pete Black. We've got a Pete Black app coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward. Pete Black had a not a great showing. It's disappointing that Christy doesn't win. Obviously, she deserves it. She's the most competent human being mm-hmm. alive ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Pete Black. Can we just cut that out and release it as our episode for next week? Yeah. <laughs> Christy for president next week. I've been who I am. Tanner's been who he is. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you'd think the boys had just been invented. <laughs> I was going to do this bit where I pulled up the Wikipedia page for Poe Dameron from Star Wars. <laughs> God, I was going to hate that so and much. And try to follow along with you talking about Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. What, looking at Poe Dameron's Wikipedia. Uh-huh. But it just didn't seem like it was really naturally going to crop up, so. <laughs> God, I really dodged a bullet Bull- there. Bullet dodged, yeah. Oh, I was going to hate that <laughs> so, so much.